need to work my ankles. Uh, and you, you got certain things that are, we're, we're all like, it's, our body is so symmetrical, right? You got, you got your wrists, you know, and then you, what are your wrists on the bottom half? Your ankles, you know, you got your shoulders up top. What are your shoulders? Your hips, you know what I'm saying? You got your elbows. What are your elbows? And we thank you, Jameis, for the awesome anatomy lesson. You have a spot on our fantasy injury team anytime you want it. Welcome back, guys. This is episode nine of the Fantasy Injury Team podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for joining us. Hope you had a fantastic week one of football and, of course, fantasy football. As always, a lot of up and downs. Nobody wanted to make a field goal. We saw a tie at Scott Hansen in the red zone. Had my heart pumping for seven straight hours. It felt like a real Sunday. We are back in action, guys. Good to be back. Joining us on today's show are the legends, the goats, the men of the hour. You've got Tom Christ, the doctor of physical therapy, an orthopedic specialist, and, of course, Sam Webb. Doctor of Physical Therapy, a sports specialist. What's going on, boys? Welcome back to the show. How are we doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Joe? Getting as much sleep as I can with the new baby. What's up with you, Sam? How's life? Ah, pretty good. Didn't do too well this past week, but I think that goes the same as everybody else or half the people. Weird week. Weird week for sure. It's weird because Tom is, looks like from, from my perspective, he's growing out some facial hair over there. We're just adding to the weirdness. I don't know what, what's going on with your face, Tom. Well, Joe, you know, it's, you got to start off the season growing out the, the facial hair until your team loses, right? Ah, the freaking Eagles, man. Cowboys, the only ones that lost in the division. So we're all happy about that one, but, uh, Oh yeah. I should have grown a mustache too. I'd have a full mustache by uh, if the Giants win one more game. I'd have basically a handlebar on my face. Those of you guys that know me, but <laughs> all right. So we have another explain awesome to me, show. Explain to me what's stopping you from doing that. I think you look good with the handlebar. Well, I was trying to advance and get to our show. And now we got to talk about handlebar mustaches, of course. Um, well, really nothing, I guess. I'm married now. Uh, school maybe and looking like a fool and the first week or two back of school. Um, <laughs> you don't think the students would think it's funny? I think they think it would be hilarious. They, they might actually laugh. pay attention to you. Eh, they pay attention to me anyway, Tom. Come on. I'm the most entertaining guy out here. Um, we should do something like this is all genuine, by the way. We should do like the first time we get like a certain number of listens on our podcast. I'll uh, I'll grow it out or something like that. Or we'll do we're, we're going to come up with something for the fans. Bang. There we go. When we get 250 people to listen to one show, Joe will have a handlebar mustache. That's a lot of people. I'm hope see, it's now that I'm hoping for yeah, it, maybe. but I'm not hoping for it, but I don't know. Nobody gives, listen, guys, nobody gives better injury analysis than these guys' updates. They are a must-follow um, on Twitter. If you guys want to win, get an edge on your leagues, get ahead of the curve. You know, we give you pickups, we give you as much analysis as possible. These guys are on it 24-7. Um, so check them out, guys. They're on Twitter. And of course, we're at fantasyinjuryteam.com. Listen, I got to give Vin Vento, a writer, a shout out. This guy continues to put out banger, banger articles. His new series called Behind the Box Scores. He's got a lot of good stuff in there. Surprise usage players, players who were on the field more than we thought. Annoying truths of the week, which uh, nobody wants to face, of course. Target hogs. He's got box score anomalies. One of the funniest things he had was perfect attendance. I think there was like five or six players that played every single snap of the week. One of them, interestingly enough, was Robbie Anderson. So put that in your back pocket. He's even got the cardio player of the week, which is hilarious. I think that's a guy that runs like every single route and gets like one target. It's usually like a guy like MVS or like, I think this week it was, I forget who else it was, but it's good stuff out there guys. So check that out. It is on our website, but to today's show, we've got our latest injury updates. Tom will take us through the NFC as Sam coached us through the AFC. 
and we talk about players, how they affect your lineup. We've got a couple mailbag questions. We've got start sits and what you've been waiting for. Had about 40 or 50 entries into our competition, into our drawing, into our chance to win that Cooker Eckler jersey. All you had to do was listen, answer a trivia question. We will be doing the drawing today. Sounds like a good show. You ready to go, boys? Let's get it. All right. We all start with, let's see. Tom, I feel like we always start with you. We'll keep that. We'll keep that going. Uh, Big injury in the NFC, the NFC East. Talked about the Cowboys a little bit earlier. Dak Prescott down with what appeared to be a thumb fracture. I think he got his surgery on Monday. I was reading 9-12 out. It looks like six to eight weeks. He didn't particularly look good um, at all. Really, the Cowboys offense as a whole. I mean, we could talk about Lamb, who had 11 targets, only caught two for 29. But what's going on with Dak? Do we expect him to miss all that time? Is six to eight weeks accurate, Tom? You know, it's it's tough to know because if it's just if it's a fracture, it's uh, the the surgeries they can do the pinning it can be pretty stable uh, pretty quickly. But the thumb is so involved in throwing and gripping and throwing, um, and he's going to have a period of time where he's not really able to do too much with that hand. So he's going to lose some grip strength pretty rapidly, um, which would make me think that if he is rushed back, he may not be fully ready right away in the first couple of games because the thumb dexterity and the grip strength is so important with um, accuracy, throwing accuracy. The two best comparisons we have are Drew Brees in 19 when he had a, a thumb UCL tend or UCL ligament injury. Um, similar time frame, and in fact, some of the early reporting for Dak was that we thought that's what the injury was. Turned out to be a fracture. Breeze returned in five weeks, and he actually looked pretty good. Twenty-five point nine fantasy points in his first game back. Um, the next best comparison would be Russell Wilson last year. Obviously, a finger, not a thumb, but he returned in three games, and he was awful. Seven point six points in the first game, and eight point five in the second game. So to me, I think it depends how quickly he comes back to the field for what to expect from him. If it's anything under five weeks, I would expect a performance decline in at least the first couple of games. Um, if they give him five to six weeks, then he may be himself when he returns. Okay, so five or six weeks. That's an awesome analysis, as always. They just didn't look good. I mean, even Dak, when he was they looked terrible. the injury, looked looked really you know bad. who actually did look good though was zeke he was the only one that actually looked like he was playing well um he ended up not getting a whole lot of carries just because of game script but the first couple of drives he was running really well yeah he looked like he was running with a purpose and, and probably a guy a lot of us slept on taking him in the third round he could be i would say probably a low-end rb1 high-end rb2 for the year I'm worried about Lamb. I don't want to talk too much about it. I mean, again, 11 targets, only caught two for 29. It's like the waiting game with him, man. I don't know. We're waiting for him to break out this big name. He's electric with the ball in his hand, but 11 targets, two for 29. The efficiency is not there. I definitely expect it to go down with Cooper Rush um, coming in. I mean, I did look last year. Cowboys did not change their game plan too much when they lost Dak. So, yes, it's going to be a bump down for CeeDee Lamb. I don't think it's going to be too significant. They definitely stayed pass heavy. I would say look for more involvement from Zeke and from Tony Pollard. I think if you have Lamb, you have to start him. But, um, you know, Tom seems medium level of concern with Dak here. It looks like he's, he's going to definitely take some time. And then, like you said, right, probably going to be a little bit uh, slow when he does get back on the field. 
Okay. On to the AFC, another big one, another big name went late in the first round. I mean, I have exactly zero shares of him, um, but Najee Harris, Sam, had a Liz Frank sprain early in the preseason. Again, wasn't talked about too much. He got rolled up on, um, thought it could have been an ankle, but it seems like he re-injured his Liz Frank. Um, He's come out, of course, and said, I am playing this week. Who the heck knows what's going on in Pittsburgh? But what do we make of this news, Sam? Yeah, this is going to be something that we definitely have to keep paying attention to throughout the week. I don't know if it's clear right now if he's going to play or not. He certainly wants to, but it's not always up to the player. Um, The injury did not look good when I was looking at the video online. It almost looked like a combination of like a knee and an ankle injury. Could be a Lesfranc injury sprain again, as we know he already had that, but also kind of looked like a typical mechanism of injury for a high ankle sprain. That's exactly way, what I thought when I saw it. Yeah, and either way, it doesn't really matter from a, a fantasy standpoint because we don't even know if he's going to play or not. And regardless, he's clearly not going to be 100%. So I definitely have some concerns with him this week. If you have other options, I would probably be looking to pivot off him because he could easily re-injure his, his ankle earlier in the game and then just be out and throw up a goose egg for you. Uh, may not be a bad idea to be trying to find other options this week. Okay. And I think Jalen Warren could play a role here. Um, went for pretty significant fab dollars in my league. And it was, you know, we go by percentages when we talk about this, but went for maybe 20 or 25%. I mean, he's decent. I mean, uh, he's not going to be Najee Harris, but a guy that should a hundred percent not be on your waiver wire anymore Make sure, go check all your leagues. Make sure Jalen Warren was picked up because, listen, if Harris does re-injure it and it becomes significant, Warren could play a major role there. They need someone to carry the tote um, in that offense. So I think we are all collectively worried about Najee Harris. And uh, like Sam said, we'll keep an eye on that. So back to you, Tom, in the NFC. Unfortunate news for the 49ers and Elijah Mitchell, an MCL sprain. He was put on the IR during that slip and slide crazy football game. I've never seen anything like that before. Another guy that I had zero shares of, um, and listen, I'm wrong quite a bit, but I got, I got to announce when I am right. But this was a guy that I was worried about because something sketchy always seems to happen in San Francisco. This one was an unfortunate injury, but like last year, how he emerged this year, uh, looks like Jeff Wilson could possibly emerge. We see maybe uh, Davis Price, maybe Jordan Mason, who the heck knows. But Tom, what do we make of Elijah Mitchell on this backfield in uh, San Francisco? Uh, yeah, so he's expected to be out up to eight weeks, which tells us that it's one of the more severe MCL injuries as uh, running backs actually average only missing about three games for this injury. Um, but look, this guy, has, this is his, what, 18th week in the league, and he's been or it's a year and one game in the league. This guy has missed a lot of time from multiple different injuries. I don't think you can really trust him anymore. Um, so he'll be out about eight weeks. And we know that when running backs return from this injury, we see a decline of 2.9 points per game in the first game and actually a decline of 3.9 points per game in games two and three. Tack that on to the fact that San Francisco is just not loyal to their running backs. I'm very concerned about Elijah Mitchell for the remainder of the season. I would not drop him unless your league does not have an IR slot. And if it doesn't, then you should Tell your commissioner to make an IR slot because every league commissioner to grow up. 
<laughs> exactly right get, get like, a grip what, on life what kind of an IR slot? <laughs> not having an ir spot is like not ha- not being in a ppr league like what are you even doing anymore is half point ppr acceptable yes yes that is that is the preferred for me okay because i was going to come back at you there okay <laughs> i actually play in a league that doesn't do one of my leagues does not do fab dollars and we voted on it oh and my like goodness eight out of 12 people were like no let's keep waivers and i'm like i hope they're not listening to this and if they are you I guys got to you guys got to grow up. <laughs> yeah, I had to petition for 4 years for one of my leagues to switch to fab and we finally did last year. It's not freaking time. But yeah, anyway, as far as Mitchell goes, like this is this is definitely concerning because of his injury history, because of how long he's going to be out, because of the data on running backs returning from this injury and the fact that San Fran is not loyal to their running backs at all. And I feel like it's always something different there. Like you expect one guy to step up and then here comes an absolute random guy. Like what Elijah Mitchell was last year. Like here come, you know, after an injury for me and for you guys to get ahead of the curve, I think Jeff Wilson is talented. Sneaky pickup could be Jordan Mason in a deeper league. He's another guy on their depth chart. Rookie Tyron Davis price seemed a little bit behind during the preseason. Didn't look great. Jordan Mason, a name to kind of stash again in your back pocket and just to keep an eye on him. So thank you for that, Tom. Back to you, Sam, in the AFC. Mac Jones injured his back. Uh, He did practice today. Looked okay in that first game. Um, What is your perspective and your analysis on Mac Jones? Is he going to be okay for week two? Yeah, it sounds like Mac should be good to go for week two. Uh, He certainly might be a little bit limited while he's playing, as anytime you have a back injury, I'm sure plenty of our listeners have had a, a back strain of some sort. When you have a spasm, they can definitely be pretty painful and can limit your movement. It makes you not even really want to walk. Um, so the fact that he's already feeling better and kind of participating even on a limited basis in practice is definitely a good sign heading into Sunday. I don't think many people are planning to start him anyway, unless they're in a two QB league. So if you have a third option at QB, it might not be a bad idea this week. The Patriots were pretty abysmal this weekend. Um, so hopefully you, that you don't you have feel? to start him. Sam being yeah. from Boston, how'd that make you feel? Uh, not great. I kind of expected it though. So I'm not, I'm not too bummed out. Tom, uh, two people that are currently recording this podcast had their home teams win. And there's one guy that, uh, really must've suffered on Sunday. And, wow. Uh, it's not one of ah, us. That's brutal. <laughs> oh, Listen, I'm good. Uh, good hopes. To this week when, when the Giants win their, you know, five, six games a year, you have to just talk about it because uh, it's rare. I hope it's not this year. I hope they win eight, nine games, but uh, I had well, to I throw mean, that in there. In, in Sam's lifetime, he's witnessed, what, like 15 Boston championships? It's about time you guys suck. Yeah, it's about time. I, I mean, we're definitely spoiled, so. Enough of you guys. I'll, I'll, I'll roll with it. And just one more thing on Mac Jones, just on the Patriot offense as a whole. I actually had Hunter Henry in a couple leagues. You know, obviously I punted on tight end in those leagues. I got rid of him just because you used the word abysmal, and that is how the Patriots look. But a guy that I do like on that team is Jacoby Myers, a guy that was going like quarter or uh, wide receiver 40 or so. His usage is phenomenal. I mean, might not get in the end zone as much as we would like, but he's a guy that's probably slept on. If you have Myers, I think he's a great flex play for the rest of the year. A low-end wide receiver, too. That might be stretching it, but a wide receiver, three. And another chance, guys, buy low. I got offers from a lot of people this week trying to take my guys that were you know, drafted highly, didn't play well. Buy low candidate this week. I'm seeing a lot is uh, Ramondre Stevenson, who I think and a lot of us think are going to have a role. Sam, what do you think? Is that your boy? Uh, no, I was actually going to say, I think a sneaky play this week or maybe a, like a DFS thing or even just kind of picking him up might be um, Kendrick Bourne. So Kendrick Bourne 
I believe there was some reports saying that he was in the doghouse with Belichick. He was late to like a preseason game, like a meeting before the game. Um, and then I know Mac Jones actually, there was another report saying that Mac Jones has asked Belichick to put Bourne on the field more because he likes throwing the ball to him. He did catch a 41-yard pass on his only target last game, so that might be a sneaky play. Do they eat breakfast together, though? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We're going to have to go scope out some local coffee shops and find that out. Hey, get, to be, get on to that. be determined, that's great. The breakfast thing is so phenomenal. Oh, well, they eat breakfast together. Okay, stack them immediate. That's exactly. great. It's so wonderful. It's phenomenal. It's great. Um, all right, let's keep it rolling here. Tom, back to you. Leonard Fournette uh, seemed to be limited. It didn't seem too bad, but limited with a hamstring injury. I think my perspective on it, I uh, don't know much about injuries, of course, but I know about fantasy. I think Rashad White is a must-have. Again, another guy. Go check. He should not be on your waivers. If Fournette misses time, it's plug and play. I could see Rashad White, a super talented prospect, being an RB2 for the remainder of the year or for any time that Fournette's out. But are you worried about him, Tom, Leonard Fournette? Um, not at the moment, um, particularly because it, you know, it doesn't sound like it's that severe of an injury. And we know that the, the stats for running backs coming off of this injury are, there's no decline in performance whatsoever. Now the risk for a re-injury is higher. We've talked about that a lot. A uh, previous hamstring injury increases the risk for another one by 2.7 times. Uh, and the reason for that is the hamstring is highly involved in running and cutting, sprinting and agility, obviously. And the load on the hamstring increases by 1.3 times when a player ramps up their speed from 80 to 100% on a sprint. That's why you see wide receivers and track sprinters are, are constantly getting hamstring injuries, running backs too. Um, so yet there's definitely risk for this kind of recurring and lingering it sounds like right now it's not very severe um but if he's on the field if he plays you're starting him of course but i agree um rashad white should be picked up okay and you're right man i feel like every time we're on the show we're doing the show it's like at least three four or five guys hamstring 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 it's just reoccurring like you said and, and it's something like you said that can definitely linger um okay Sam, back to you with the AFC and Zach Wilson. Um, didn't we say in the beginning of the year he was supposed to be, what, four weeks? Or he's going to miss more time, right? What did we say, Tom? Four weeks? The It was originally a, four weeks was kind of the expected mid-range time frame. Okay. I mean, Flacco, it's already been announced that Flacco, Robert Sala said Flacco is going to make the start. So he's not going to be back this week. But he did take part in practice today. Um, what are we looking at there? What's the outlook for Zach Wilson, Sam? Yeah, not a ton has changed since last week. We don't, I mean, he's already out for this week, so you don't have to think about it too much right now. I think he was practicing with some of the wide receivers, but he still hasn't participated in team drills. I'll be curious to see if he gets into like a limited practice next week or a full practice at the end of next week. Next week isn't out of the question yet, but we're just going to have to wait and see for that one. Okay. Not a ton there. Fair enough. Okay. The Jets are a tricky team. Um, let me ask you guys this. Any of you can answer it. I always like to put you guys on the spot because it's what we do here. Would you start Brees Hall this week? Um, I'll give you this. Had 10 targets. I mean, that's pretty rock solid. That's really I mean, Michael, good. Michael Carter had nine. So it kind of shows you the state that the Jets passing game is in. I think we've all hoped that Elijah Moore was going to go off. Even maybe Garrett Wilson. I think who led them in targets? Maybe Corey Davis. But uh, would you start Brees Hall this week? What do you guys think? Is he, is he a guy that, that's on your radar? By the way, 
Flacco threw 59 passes. That's amazing. Okay, maybe that's why everybody got 10 targets. <laughs> uh, let's see. They play Cleveland, kind of a mid, mid-range, middle-of-the-pack defense. Um, with Cleveland having Brissett starting, that could be a somewhat competitive game. Um, I think Hall is a fine start if you don't have anyone better. I think it could be like a, a flex play, but I wouldn't. I would not be trying to put him in as an RB1 or RB2. I agree. I'm sitting him everywhere that I have the opportunity to do so, and you can't put a number on it, but if I had to guess, I think Brees Hall is a starter on fantasy rosters maybe by week four or five. We still got to wait and see. He will outperform Michael Carter. I think Michael Carter's good, but Brees Hall is too talented to not play, almost like a Javante Williams. Guy, get that guy on the damn field every play if we can, but... Melvin Gordon in the way, of course. Okay, back to you. Uh, who's up? Sam, Tom, we are at. Who's in track, guys? Back to you, Tom, with Chris Godwin. Guess what, guys? It's a hamstring. What's going on with him, Tom? Yeah, so we were we were kind of you know debating last week. Should they play him? Should they not? He was under nine months from ACL surgery. Uh, but then we also talked about how, you know, that nine months is what the research tells us is kind of a cutoff for risk for re-tear of the ACL. That's not what happened. And that the return from the ACL is more based on performance on various strength and balance tests. So he must have passed those, which is why he was on the field clearly. But we also know that previous injury is a risk factor for future injury. And one of the challenges of returning from the ACL is the balance while you're doing agile things like reaching down to make a catch while sprinting which is what happened with him um and sometimes that can lead to different types of injuries even whether it's on the same leg the other leg doesn't always matter so now he's rehabbing both the hamstring and the acl both of which have show decline in wide receiver fantasy points when they return from uh, he, this will be game two back from the ACL. Whenever he returns, we see a decline of one point per game, which is super really not that significant for wide receivers hamstring. However, in the first game back, we see a decline of 2.5 points and only 28% of receivers are meeting or exceeding their pre-injury average. And remember that's a massive sample size of 57 players. Now it's the biggest one we have, I think, right? It is. Yeah, by far. Um, and they also wide receivers average missing 1.8 games due to a hamstring injury. So we will, I will, I would be, I would expect him to miss, you know, at least a couple more weeks. And when he returns, um, he may see a little decline in his performance overall though, like long-term, I think this might actually be good for him in a weird way because it gives him even more time to rehab that ACL, uh, which we know once you cross that nine month threshold, the likelihood of a retailer goes down quite a bit. All right. Good to know. And we unfortunately don't have stats on recovery for a combined ACL and hamstring, but I'm worried about Godwin, man. I think it was freaking tragic that he even played. I mean, it was great. Oh, he recovered. He feels good. The fact that he was on the field, man, that was so soon after the injury. I don't understand why you rush players back. What the hell do I know? But it just seems so fast. Especially a team that is loaded at wide receiver and is bound to make a, a run late into the season. Exactly. Do you need Chris Godwin week one? I don't know. It's too much for me. Too much for too much going on with that. I, I was thinking, why don't I have more shares of him when I was watching him on his couple plays? And then he got hurt. And I was like, that's why I don't have that yeah. many shares. Yeah, of him. he looked really good 
until he got hurt. Correct. Right. Okay, J.K. Dobbins, a frequent guest on our show, Sam. A knee injury, he keeps saying, listen, we can't always listen to the players, but says he really, really wants to play Sunday. Their running game was horrendous. I mean, Kenyon Drake averaged like two-point-something yards a carry. He was 11 for 31. They need Dobbins back. He wants to play. Is he going to play Sunday, um, J.K. Dobbins, Sam? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows, really. Um, I don't even think Dobbins knows. I think he clearly wants to. He's kind of voiced that. And um, the team is definitely kind of standing strong and holding them back, even though he thinks he's fully ready, kind of opposite of Chris Godwin. Maybe he was kind of pushing the training staff and got his way, which we all saw how that worked out. Um, with Dobbins, there is good news that he practiced in full today, so it's certainly possible that he sees a few snaps. Either way, if he does play, I'm not starting him. I don't think anybody should. He'll definitely be on some sort of snap count. May only be 10 less snaps. Who knows, really? Um, but in our data that we have, our running backs, they kind of average minus 7.3 points per game on their first game back. And that really doesn't improve too much until around like the five to six games back where they're still averaging minus 2.7 points per game. So it's going to be a while before I would recommend starting Dobbins, um, but certainly encouraging to see that he's got had a step in the right direction. Okay, well said. And Tom, you want to say something there? Yeah, I just want to talk about uh, it was either today or yesterday an interview came out with him about his injury, and he revealed that it wasn't just an ACL, it was an ACL, LCL, meniscus, and hamstring. So that kind of gives us a little more clarity of why it's taken him a little bit longer than some to get back. Um, I'm going to assume, and I don't know, but I'm going to assume that his meniscus was repaired when that's the case. Uh, they can't wait bare for usually four to six weeks, meaning you can't put any weight through that leg. You're usually stuck in a brace with crutches. That leads to a lot of quick weakness that just takes time to get back. Uh, the hamstring is part is quite unique. We don't know, was that a strain? Was that an avulsion where the hamstring tendon rips right off the bone? If that's the case, that would have had to be surgically repaired. Um, but either way, the, the fact that it's four different injuries that really complicates things and slows down the first couple months of rehab quite a bit, uh, which just kind of gives us a little more clarity into why it's taken him a while to get back. Um, and also may make it even harder for him to get back to 100%. Right. Um, again, another guy, it, it, it's a lot with him. Um, and listen, you guys are talking data, data, data. And if you guys at home listening want to see the data that Tom and Sam are referring to, it's all on our website. You can use the data yourself. Sure, we're here to help you with it. But Sam, I think you mentioned what? The first game back, would you say receivers average seven points, or I'm sorry, running backs average, what, seven points less from yeah, minus their 7. standard? Three. Guys, yeah. that's a lot. And it could have to do with the snap count for sure, but they're just not as effective. Use that data. There's going to be outliers, right? But use the data to your advantage, right? That's what we do here at the Fantasy Injury Team. And you guys could do that yourselves as well at home by checking out the site. So, all right, uh, got, a, got some more players here, guys. A lot of injuries after week one. Wandale Robinson, Tom, day-to-day with the knee injury, What's his deal? What's happening over in New York? Well, they're not giving us much information. All they're saying is knee injuries. So we can't, we don't know, is this an MCL? Is this a hamstring, a quad, a groin? Um, so we don't have a whole lot to make of it. We'll just have to keep monitoring it. 
Okay, nice and quick and easy. Um, a situation there, I told you guys last show, the Giants and the Packers, two teams that are wait and see, right? Wait and see what develops. Both passing games are a disaster right now. We're still confused on the show why Tony's not playing more. Uh, we'll get into that, I think, a little bit later, but we will wait and see with Wandale Robinson. Sam, back to you. you got three players left. I think Tom's got about five. T. Higgins, listen, a lot of guys calling in or asking us what's going on with T. Higgins. I guess it's tough with a concussion, but it seemed like he was making some progress. Is that right, Sam? Yeah, it sounds like the team has been reporting that he's making good progress, which is certainly a good sign. Um, concussions can be a little tricky. Most of the research out there shows that most concussions will heal in about two weeks' time, which means he would probably miss this week. That being said, the NFL concussion protocol does allow for the players to make it back in time with one week, as long as they're obviously able to practice fully, not having any increased headaches or other symptoms while they're in practice. So we should have a clear, a more clear idea by Friday or Saturday. Um, if he is continuing to practice and it's not having any setbacks, he should be good to go. I would start him. I, I don't anticipate him having any issues if he does make it back to the field. Usually these aren't things that are going to linger and cause any difficulty upon their return because if they are, if they've cleared the protocol, they should be good to go. Okay. And if he doesn't go, we have to somehow, I don't even know if there's room for it, but Chase just gets even more of an uptick. I mean, the guy is just a good point. I don't know how the hell much higher you can go, but on a more serious note, I mean, Boyd seems like he would be, if Higgins can't go, seems like he'd be a must play. I mean, he always shines when one of the big guys Higgins or, or Chase goes down. He's a good one. And if you need a tight end, um, Hayden Hurst is a decent ad as well. Yeah. He looked okay last week. Got some action. Okay. All right, Tommy Boy, Alvin Kamara, an undisclosed, I think this was today, um, an undisclosed rib injury. Is that right? I mean, his his usage wasn't great. He was something to monitor, right? He was nine for 39, only had three catches for seven. Was he hurt going into the game? Do we know anything? Rib injury? I, what's what's happening with him? I believe it happened during the game. Um, it does not sound like it's a fracture. They would know pretty quickly if it's a fracture, uh, which is good. How, however, the ribs are involved in every athletic movement that we, we do, um, whether it be running, because a lot of the muscles attach from the ribs to the shoulder, particularly the lat muscle and the pec muscles, which are huge, strong muscles that are really, really involved with sprinting or even blocking or whatever it would be. Um, and every time these muscles contract, they pull on the ribs, which is painful. Um, when you breathe, the ribs expand and then they recoil over and over and over again to allow the air into your lungs. This is also very painful when you have a rib injury. And when you're competing, your respiration rate goes up and the depth of your breathing may go up as well. So those ribs are going to be expanding more frequently and to a larger degree, which is even more painful. Um, so really his ability to play and play well is due to pain tolerance. Um, also getting hit is going to hurt. He'll probably have some extra protection on there. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit more Mark Ingram just to try to protect Kamara a little bit. But what we know about Kamara is he does not need, historically, he does not need high volume to produce. Um, if you remember back to his first couple of years when Mark Ingram was there, it was a pretty even share and Kamara was getting like 12, 15 touches a game and he was still an elite fantasy option. So if he just plays, crazily efficient, unbelievably yeah, efficient. Yeah. 
and, and he's a pass catcher too. And we know targets are more uh, beneficial than carries. So if he's out there, you're starting him, but just know that he, he may see a little bit of a decline in the snap count. Everything you just described was awesome, but that rib stuff just sounds so painful. So it's, it's definitely something to monitor. I mean, imagine having a hard time breathing every time your chest go, oh my goodness gracious. So, and playing football guys, football is hard. Like every time, every time I listen to you guys talk, I'm like, holy, like this is, this is a damn battle out there every day. Of course we all know that, but holy moly, like these guys are going through it. Um, Another just quick note, I don't know if it's so significant, but the Saints I just saw did sign Lat Murray to their practice squad. I don't know what that means if they need if it maybe if Mark Ingram is not performing well and they need somebody else. I feel like Lat Murray's been on like 25 teams in the last two years, but something to monitor. They might know something that we don't know. I hope that's not the case for Kamara. But again, we'll keep a close eye on that. Sam, another big one back to you. Keenan Allen, um, he's already been ruled out for this week. I think the Chargers play. Yeah, the Chargers play tomorrow. I could see a huge spike coming. I love him, so of course I got to say it from Mike Williams. But hamstring injury already ruled out for this week. What's his outlook um, going forward? Yeah, with Keenan Allen, uh, he's obviously already out for this week. I would probably anticipate he's going to play next week. That way uh, he just has extra time to recover. If they played him this week, he probably would have pulled it or been on a snap count. Um, hopefully he ends up coming back fine. Uh, and we will just have to wait and see there really. Um, I would imagine, like you said, Mike Williams has to kind of see more targets, hopefully more receptions. And it was a disappointing week in week one, but they don't really have too many other options. Maybe, uh, Palmer will see a couple more targets, but we'll find out tomorrow. Maybe a sneak preview of later on the show with, uh, Josh Palmer being mentioned there, but maybe. I hope so. I also blew. I'm known for overspending. Like last year, I used a ton of my fab money on Elijah Mitchell. It paid off. I, I blew like, I think our, our thing's 150 bucks. I threw like 30 on Gerald Everett because I'm so desperate at tight end. So I was like, you know what? I want this guy real bad. I didn't even look at what other people wagered because I know that I'm just going to feel terrible about myself. But I like him. He's super athletic. And Josh Her- or uh, Justin Herbert is just a freak. So I'm hoping I get something, a lightning in a bottle there. Will I? Probably not, but. We shall see. A couple players left, guys. Rolling right through. How about George Kittle, Tom? Um, groin injury, not looking good to play this week. Um, what's our outlook there on George Kittle, a guy that was drafted, you know, top four, top five tight ends? Yeah, he missed last week. Um, he missed practice today. So it's not looking great for him playing this week. Uh, but we'll have to see. We'll see how he does Thursday and Friday in practice. The good news for him is that between running backs, receivers, and tight ends, there is no decline in fantasy performance when they return from a groin injury, like zero decline in performance. So if he's out there, you're starting him, and you can expect him to ball out like he usually does. You'll just have to keep monitoring him. Um, if he doesn't play, like I talked about before, I like Hayden Hurst. If he's in the, on the, um, <clears throat> if he's available, um, I'm one of those guys that for some reason I just can't quit Evan Ingram. I think he's in a good spot in Jacksonville. Enough do- of him, Tom. <laughs> he didn't do a whole lot in week one, but I think uh, I think him and Trevor are going to get connected pretty soon. He hasn't done um, a lot in his in his NFL career, Tom. I well, don't know you're why a Giants he fan, so, so you're really down on him. His, his rookie year and his second year, he was pretty good. All right. His drops have permanently scarred me. Um, 
But yeah, you mentioned, uh, who'd you mention? Hayden Hurst. That's good. I mean, Logan Thomas, another guy that could be available in, in a really prolific, I mean, first week, we're not going to call them prolific for the season, but the, the commanders look pretty good. Even Higby got 11 targets. I mean, we're, it's probably going to come down with Allen Robinson, hopefully breaking out a little more Gerald Everett, some guys out there. So if you do have Kittle, make sure you look elsewhere. And Sam, your last player is another late addition to the injury report. It was Michael Pittman, who absolutely balled out. I mean, this guy, we knew he was going to be good after week one might be an overreaction, but to me, he is a high end wide receiver one um, for, for the rest of the year. Dude was nine for 121 and a touchdown, 13 targets. Is he okay? Because a lot of fantasy owners are hoping that he is. What's going on, Sam? Yeah, this one was sort of a little bit of a surprise on the injury report. I don't think many people were talking about it. I, at this time, don't have any concerns for him going to week two. I think he should be completely fine, and I would obviously play him after that monstrous performance. Um, We will definitely have to keep an eye on it throughout the week, as with everything else, but I don't anticipate him missing any time or having much of an impact on his performance. Okay, fingers crossed there. Tom, your line, I think, was a couple podcasts back. Matt Ryan loves providing for wide receiver ones. And so far, so good. He showed that in week one. You're one for one, Tom. Uh, Well, you're more than one for one because uh, maybe we'll talk about Michael Thomas and we'll let you gloat about him at another time. But get back to work, Tom. We got three players here. How about Alan Lazard? Ankle, uh, the Packers need him. Listen, man, those rookies are are talented and really fast and and raw, but I think they really need Lazard. Um, Practice today in a limited fashion. Do we expect him back this week? Yeah, I mean, Rodgers was, you could tell he was frustrated with those receivers and he really wants somebody that he can trust back. And this will be his, I believe, his fifth season with Lazard. So he's got some trust there for sure. Um, Lazard's ankle was never really revealed exactly what the ankle injury was. Typically, when they don't give us much more than ankle injury, it's it's a lateral ankle sprain. Um, Tom, he's the one that got, what, stepped on stepped or something, on. right? Was yeah. that what happened? Okay, stepped on. Uh, with this type of injury, we see only in a modest decline of 0.7 points in the first game back for wide receivers with nearly 50% of them meeting or exceeding pre-injury points. So essentially, it doesn't impact them when they get back. So if he's on the field, I think he'll be pretty productive as Rodgers wide receiver one. Um, it sounds like he's trending towards playing. I mean, it's, it's only Wednesday and he practiced. So that's very positive news. Um, if he's out there, I think he's, he warrants a, a flex or if you're in a three wide receiver league, being in that wide receiver three spot, because Rogers clearly needs somebody that he trusts. And he's been vocal about it too. I felt so bad for, for Christian Watson. I'm going to talk about him a little bit later. First play of the game. And they literally asked Rogers after the game, they talked about it. And Rogers was like, you know, the head coach asked me, LaFleur asked, Hey, what do you want to do the first play? Should we just air it out? And Rogers literally said, yeah, why not? And they got the open look down the field into the guy's hands. Oh, I felt terrible for them because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Watson guy myself, but um, tough play. So they definitely need Lazard. We're looking for him to hopefully play this week. Tom, two more. DeAndre Swift. Um, I mean, damn, this guy is so talented. He's so efficient. I got to give one more. I told you so. I remember doing on one of the shows talking about how Williams plays a role. And it's unfortunate, but. Listen, Swift, 15 carries, Williams, 11 carries, Williams, two touchdowns, Swift's one, Swift, three targets, Williams, two targets. Listen, Swift is the better player, 100% more efficient, 
Williams does cut into it a lot, but what's going on with the ankle? Is this something that we need to be concerned with? I don't think he practiced today, right? And we know from hard knocks that Williams is a leader of that team too. So his, his snap counts not going anywhere. Um, but yeah, for Deandre's ankle, uh, we're, we're still kind of learning about the severity. I know he didn't practice today, um, but I believe he played the whole game. I mean, I was watching the whole thing against the, against my Eagles and I don't recall them saying anything about him being in the medical tent. The ankle is huge for cutting and creating power. And he's the type of back that could potentially be impacted by this because he's so elusive. He changes directions very quickly versus someone like a, a Leonard Fournette who just wants to run people over who likely wouldn't be as impacted by this. But also these ankle ligaments that get injured with a sprain are very responsible for our body's awareness of where our foot is landing. So we've talked about how ankle sprains can be predictors for injuries at the knee, the hip, the back, whatever. That's something to monitor here. Again, we don't know how severe this, this doesn't sound like it's that severe of an injury where that loss of the awareness of where his limb would be, would be present. So I, I can't say that this is a major risk factor going forward. Um, but we do know that running backs returning from an ankle sprain average 2.5 points per game below their average in the first game back with only 27% meeting or exceeding this. I can't remember the sample size off the top of my head, but I believe it was in the 20s, so pretty good. Uh, that being said, DeAndre Swift scoring 2.5 points below his average is still a lot of points. So you're still going to start him if he's playing, because even if he's not completely 100%, he's still probably a lot better than your next best option. It's still probably RB1 production. Let me ask you a question that might sound dumb to, to physical therapists. Don't sprained ankles like never fully heal? Like, don't they just never get fully better? Because I like sprained my ankle, what, five, six years ago? And anytime I roll it over, it's like, oh, yep, that's back again. And then it goes away. But is that true that they just don't heal? It depends on the severity. But if it's a bad sprain, the ligaments aren't going to just, if they're, the ligaments are displaced from each other from the, the torn ends are displaced enough from each other. They're not going to reheal together or they they may heal in kind of a weird way that doesn't provide a lot of stability and may um, make it more stiff, less mobile. So if it's a more severe one, then, then you're right. Okay. So I'm screwed for the rest of my life. That is good to know. As we go to our last player, Jameis Winston, um, I don't know. doesn't seem too significant, limited to practice another back injury. Where was the pain, Jameis? Yeah, just pain. It was pain everywhere. So we got to keep on pushing, pushing through and being resilient. He looked pretty good last week. 23 of 34, 269 yards, two touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 111. And, of course, he peppered Michael Thomas for two touchdowns. Stop smiling over there, Tom. And now, he, uh, he, he gave us an awesome anatomy lesson at the beginning of the show. Uh, he's a star. He, he's, he's welcome, like we said, anytime. But are we worried about Winston? I mean, his back, is he, is he, is he okay? So kind of like what Sam was saying with Mac Jones, we'll have to monitor him. They're not telling us much about what the back injury is. And a lot of times they don't. They just kind of say, oh, it's a back injury, um, when really there's a lot that could be going on there. Uh, the, the back is highly involved in athletic motions, especially throwing. When we throw, the force starts, in the, starts from the ground up. So it goes from our legs, then it transfers through our back into the shoulder, into the arm, and then finally we finesse the throw with our hand and fingers. So what we may see sometimes with a thrower who has a back injury is a, is a hesitation to really cock back. 
and, and get that full range of motion when they're loading, as well as a hesitancy to follow through all the way with the throw. So that could result in less power behind your throw and also less accuracy with the throw. So this is entirely, Jameis's status is entirely dependent on how well they can get his pain under control. If he's not in any pain, he's not going to have any problem. And he'll be himself. So I suspect if he's out there, he should be fine. But we'll just have to keep checking in. Well, the way he was talking about anatomy, it seemed like he wasn't too worried. He was smiling himself and uh, and enjoying his time. So I don't think he's too worried. All right, a little ad break here, guys. Struzzi, do you love your golf coach, but wish the customer experience was more modern and seamless? Try Struzzi. It's an innovative golf coach business management platform designed for players and their coaches. Your Struzzi player locker makes applying your training material super easy by organizing images, videos, and training notes in chronological order by session. Your coach will love also will also love our tools for real-time scheduling, payment processing, and chat. After downloading a Struzzi from the Apple App Store, invite your coach during account setup. And that is our good friends at Struzzi. We are rolling on to our next segment here. We're getting through the show. I think we've got, what, two more things to do? Two more things to do. Two more orders of business, boys. And then we could go on and, and enjoy our Wednesday nights. Well, I'm already enjoying my Wednesday night. We talked before I about how still I still need got... to watch this week's episode of House of Dragons. All right, you do that, and uh, <laughs> I'll eat my Indian food that Sam was giving me all sorts of faces that he hates. Uh, me and my wife ordered some Indian. Sam looks like he's gonna he needs to throw a bag. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I love Indian food. It's so good. But anyway, let's keep it rolling. So, listener mailbag. We only got two questions this week. Joe Burst asked about Keenan Allen and Godwin. We love you, Joe Burst, but we already answered that for you guys. Um, so we're gonna go on to our other question from Angel who asked, he's a DAC owner. So he said, uh, wants to know what are some good options for people who had DAC as their starter? So I put some notes on it. I would say, don't panic if you had DAC. It's not like he was a guy that was drafted highly. You didn't take him in the first five, six, probably seven, even eight rounds. He didn't look very good anyway. Um, And listen, there are limited, like we talked about, options on that offense. Lamb has truly failed to step up as a wide receiver one. And I'm not just talking about this game. I'm talking about the end of last year too, when we we expected big things from him. Um, So some options for me, I wrote down three guys. If Stafford's available, I think he's taken in most leagues, but I think we could see a big bounce back from him against the Falcons. I like Carson Wentz. He's a top three quarterback, of course, only through one week, but he's got Terry, he's got Dotson, he's got Gibson, and now he's got Curtis, who a lot of people have picked up as well. So he's got the weapons there. Um, even Jameis, who we just talked about, I mean, Hill cuts in his production a little bit, but he's looked good. Um, he's got a score to keep up with Tampa Bay this week. So those are some options that come to mind for me. Stafford, Wentz, Winston, you boys agree, disagree. Any other thoughts on that? I think they're all fine. Um, Stafford, he's probably the best option there. Um, of course we're still monitoring his elbow. That doesn't seem to be an issue at this point in the season. Wentz, he's 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 going to have terrible games, but he's also going to have great games. Um, and Winston's just so fun to watch. You're going to get a Winston yeah. jersey by the end of this, I know it. Sam, what do you think, brother? I love Winston this week. I think, I mean, they're playing Tampa, so they're going to have to air the ball out. Uh, it's also a great revenge game for him, so he's going to be gunning for it. Probably not going to throw any interceptions. So let's do it. Or five. <laughs> Can yeah, or we five. record him Never saying know. that? 
he's not going to record. And then anytime we just, we, he talked for the rest of the time, we just, we just play that over him. Yeah. He's not going to throw it. I'll be sure to cut that one out and save it. That is not going to go well. That's a must save for us boys. Okay. All right. On to our last segment and then we'll pick the winner and we will wrap the day up. Um, so this is a new little segment here. We want to do start sit. Um, I'll go first. Why not? So last week I told you guys I was right on some. And of course I was absolutely wrong on some too. I said to play Dotson. He was pretty good. I said to play Burks who was average at best. I told you guys to play Pickens. I think I don't think I could have been more wrong. I think he had one catch or something like that. So got to admit when we're wrong. I told you to sit all the other rookie wide receivers. I was right for the most part, but I whiffed on Drake London. I said, sit him. He looked pretty damn good, but I'm going to do my best to redeem myself. So I'll give you my players and then we'll let Tom and Sam uh, dive in here too. So I'm going to start crazy boys. And I've talked about him before. I would start, and this is crazy. Christian Watson this week. I know it's bold. You're going to make fun of me. And this is probably another thing that you could clip and put and show me next week how wrong I am. But I have this deep gut feeling, whether it's in DFS, whatever it is, he is going to get in the end zone this week. Listen, he, last week, I know Lazard might be back. He had the most routes run on the team. He dropped that long touchdown that in his career, he's caught a million times. Is it maybe a little bit too early to play him confidently? Yeah. But I think I'm going to try to play him where I can. He got four targets in his rookie debut, two for 34, which is not great. But think about it. If he catches that long touchdown, it's a big if. He's three for 105, 110, and a touchdown. And then all the league is talking about him. So I don't know. I got a gut feeling about Christian Watson this week. Um, you could ride with me uh, or you cannot. But uh, that is a guy that I'm in on. Do you get points for drop touchdowns? Uh, minus, uh, eight. I don't know. Minus something. I got a feeling, dude, I'm putting them in. I'm putting it in all, all my, uh, all my DFS teams, I think. And another guy that I would play, I'll make this a little bit quicker is Julio Jones. He looked amazing in week one. Brady looked his way a lot. Five targets, three for 69, he even had two carries for 17 yards. Godwin's banged up. I think he's going to rival Mike Evans. He's obviously not as good as Mike Evans. He was at one point, but I think he's going to have a very, very big target share there in a shootout with, um, Jameis and the boys in New Orleans. So I like Julio Jones a lot this week. And then guys that I don't like. Uh, one that I really don't like who had a pretty Joe, good week. Can I give you a side note on Julio real quick? So sure. I think today all of Tampa Bay's wide receivers missed practice, I think. Um, was, Julio, was Julio good? Uh, no, he missed as well with a knee oh, injury. Uh, kind of like Wondell Robinson. They just said knee injury. They didn't tell us anything more about it. So we can't really analyze it. Um, so you, I, I agree. He's a great pick if he's out there, but you'll just have to keep monitoring. I feel like Julio hasn't practiced since like 2016. Yeah. He doesn't need to. He's, he's fine. He's just, all right, I'm a big guy out here, so I'm good to go. All right. So again, one of my sits is Miles Sanders. Listen, he scored last week, didn't score all last season. So that was a shock, but to me, I think that's going to regress. I think we're going to see more of Gainwell in the passing game. I think as Hertz continues to grow and progress, He's going to continue to run. He's going to continue to vulture touchdowns. Last week, I said that Scott would fall into the end zone. He did. I mean, I think the whole Eagles team freaking scored a rushing touchdown. Um, I think he he's, has talent, but I just don't see him producing that highly again. And then my other one, my last one here is my sit is Amari Cooper. I actually think, and you guys can tell me if you agree or not, I think the guy's droppable. I think it's a name at this point, and you're laughing at me, Tom. You are firing out some bold takes right now. Listen, we're going to record this. Obviously, well, obviously, we're recording it, uh, but we are going to clip this, and we are gonna, just going to see how uh, 
how right or wrong I am uh, next week. And you guys can hold it to me, but I'm standing by this stuff. I think Amari Cooper is done. I think he's over the hump. The Browns are all about the run. They go through Chubb. They go through Hunt. Brissett is horrendous. He was 18 for 34, 147 yards. Cooper had six targets that are not valuable coming from Brissett, by the way. Was three for what, 17 yards? I'm not feeling him, man. He's a name that we see, and I didn't take him anywhere. So I'm sitting Amari Cooper. I'm going to drop the mic and uh, I'm going to let you guys go here because I think I just said some stuff that I might regret. But listen, a gut feeling is a gut feeling. I poured my heart out into that. I gave it to you guys. Who wants to go? Well, here's the thing, Joe. You have good data and, and opinions to back all them up. I mean, they are bold takes, but you got to make bold takes every now as long as you can back them up. I'm trying to back them up. If not, we'll have someone else host the show next week as I go into hiding. Uh, no, I take my losses. I had to take my losses. So, Tom, you want to go? You want to give us your start sets? So, for my start this week with Keenan Allen out and the over-under for tomorrow night's Chargers versus Chiefs game set at 54.5 points with um, the Chargers plus 4.5, meaning their implied total for the Chargers is to score 30 points. I'm taking Josh Palmer. This guy showed in, in flashes last year that he's a really good player that can play in this league. Herbert is an absolute horse and can throw for 404 on any given game. And he's going against Patrick Mahomes. This is going to be a shootout. Like the over under is 54.5. There's going to be so many touchdowns and yards in this game that I want as many players in it as possible. And Josh Palmer as Herbert's second option is a terrific play. I'm with you wholeheartedly agree. I don't think he had a great week last week, but he was a guy that I had on my, on my radar as well. All right, Tom, you got another start for us or a sit. What else you got? I'm going to sit Ramondre Stevenson. Look, I love oh, this guy. Oh, my goodness gracious. I love this guy. I have him in Dynasty. I started me. him last week and hope Sam that... just unmuted, Tom. We're getting fired up here. <laughs> but look, he last week, despite all the reports that he was going to be potentially the lead back, he was going to be the receiving back, he only played on 25% of snaps. And he's going against a tough, tough, tough Pittsburgh defense. They're going to be without TJ Watt, but they still have a ton of playmakers on that team. I just don't think it's a good matchup. And I don't know that Ramondre gets enough touches to, to make it worth playing. I didn't realize he only played, what'd you say? 25% of the snaps, 25% of snaps. That is awful. I yeah. think, it, I think you bad. just changed my mind on him. Okay. Um, all right. So Tom is sitting Ramondre Stevenson. He's playing Josh Palmer. Are you good, Tom signing off with that? Signing off. All right, Sam, what do you got for us, man? A start set for the week. All right, for my start this week, I'm going with uh, Henderson. He had 13 rushes last week and five targets, which is pretty good for week one. Not only that, but Cam Akers was just horrible, though. I think he had a grand total of zero fantasy points last week. Um, and to go along with that, they're playing Atlanta, who gave up 81 yards to Taysom Hill last week, another nine to Jameis, and 39 more to Kamara, who was dealing with a, a rib injury. Assuming Henderson is fully healthy, which you never really know with him because he likes to get hurt, he should be a smash play this week. I don't know or that he course. likes to get hurt. Well, you know what I mean. He just <laughs> happens he to just, get hurt a lot. He just has a tendency to. There you go. All right, so who are we sitting, Sam? Uh, for sitting this week, I'm going to go with Kadarius Tony. He only played seven snaps last week. We really don't know what they're going to do with him this week. It seems like they like to 
kind of use him in gadget plays right now, which he did really well with when he did touch the ball, but we still don't fully understand what is going on with his injury as well. So I don't know if he's just on a really low snap snap count right now, but I don't think you can trust him heading into week two. I mean, I can't make fun of the Giants coaching staff because Brian Dable showed the uh, the cojones that he has on that play call, but I don't know what they're doing with Kadarius Tony. Would you say he played seven snaps? Yep, seven snaps. I, I don't understand. Many. Something's wrong there because he's such a he's such a weapon. That guy's unbelievable. I think that it had to be they're still just kind of easing him back after that hamstring injury, um, but we'll see. We'll see how many snaps he gets next week. We shall see. All right, boys, that just about wraps up our show. We've got one final thing to do. And if you've made it this far in the show, you're going to be rewarded. Well, if you are have been entered into our into our uh, our prize pool here. So once again, guys, we thank you as always for listening. We want to reward you guys. Right. And have some fun. Like we have a lot of fun doing this, of course. But again, I think we had like 45 or 46 entries. I have a big it took me a little while. I have a big wheel in front of me right now. And everybody's names that entered are in. Um, so who led us? Let's see. There was only one person with four entries. Uh, Steven. Steven, uh, what's, what's, I don't know the last name. I forget the last name. Monette. Steven Monette. Steven Monette. Okay. AKA um, Monty. Monty. I give him a little shout out on the show here. Okay. Some of my boy, Vinny Oliva, a big listener of the show. He had a couple entries. Voff had a couple entries. Jesse had one. Spin had one. Another person, Matsi, I think, uh, had had one or two. And then a couple of people I don't know, but that's good. We, we welcome that 100%. So let's spin the wheel. So once again, guys, we're going to be doing this quite a bit, but uh, this is whoever wins this, whoever wins this wheel spin, wins your choice of a signed, framed, with certification, Austin Eckler jersey or Dalvin Cook jersey. And I cannot wait for us to get on YouTube, boys, so we can do this live and have people like, watch it but here we go the spin i don't know if you could hear it in the background it is spinning a lot we can't hear it but let us know you can't hear it it is stopping on vinny two so that is my friend uh vinny oliva well they're all these most of these people are all of our friends but vinny oliva your second entry is the winner so vinny whenever you hear this shoot us a message you get to pick if you want the signed eckler jersey or the cook jersey I think he might live by you, Tom. I'm not really sure. I was going to say I could ship it, but uh, we'll, we'll have to figure out how that works. But we thank everybody so much for entering, guys. And uh, listen, well, maybe in another couple of weeks, we'll get another one going, possibly even starting on the next show. But, man, I'm out of breath. Great show, fellas. Uh, we appreciate it very good much. Times. It was a good, good times. Time. Always. Good and stuff. you guys at home, we, we thank you so much for listening. You know, we're the Fantasy Injury team. And good luck in week two. Listen, if you guys have start-sit questions, injury concerns, reach out to us reach out to Tom or Sam or uh, even the fantasy injury team, Twitter. We're at injury underscore fantasy. And once again, we are the fantasy injury team and we appreciate you guys listening. Good luck. Have a blast with football this weekend and we'll see you guys next time.